Welcome, Welcome to the Nightly Rant with your hosts, Mike and Toria. This is the show where we examine society from a sarcastic point of view. If you like insane conversations, this is definitely the show for you. Let's get into today's topic. YPN people, I don't know about you, but I love helping out a friend. That's why I want to shout out my friend Brian Little and his podcast, Your Favorite Blockhead. This is the only show that manages to weave together peanuts and MMA into one heck of an amazing podcast. You can find your favorite blockhead wherever your favorite podcasts reside and at yourfavoriteblockhead.com. Do me a huge favor and listen to Brian's show. You'll be entertained and you'll help out a friend. Now, as I said, let's get into today's topic. So apparently I'm a statistic now. Are you now? Why? Well, I'm one of the many millions who has been tested for COVID-19. Go you. Team coronavirus. Yeah. I could have lived without that scare. I bet. Totally could have lived without that scare. I'm sure you could have lived without me having that scare. I don't usually not want to read text messages from you, but that was one I didn't want to read. Yeah. So it was interesting, guys, because the doctor tells me on the phone, well... It's kind of late for it to be flu. It could be flu, but it's kind of late. So why don't you come in and get the test? And then he calls me back and he says, but make sure that you go in our in our um, loading dock area because I'll come down and I'll do the test. And so we're sitting there we're waiting for a good 20 minutes. And he comes down and like he's got goggles <laughs> on and like this head thing on and um, his little his little mask. And he has his two employees with him and they're all masked up. And then he comes up to me and he's like, okay, well, this test is, you know, about 90% effective and we all know in 15 minutes. But then he gives me the really good news that, you know, if it comes out positive, we're sure you have COVID-19. But if it comes out negative, we probably should do the longer test that takes three days to get the answer. And I'm like, first time in my life that I'm sitting here going, well, do I want to have it come positive or do I want it to be negative? So he comes and he, he takes this like long Q-tip on a stick and swirls it in both of my nostrils and, you know, doesn't go very deep at all. Doesn't go very deep at all. Goes upstairs. We wait 20 minutes. He calls me. He says, well, the good news is it was negative. And he says, and because you have a fever, it actually raises the efficiency of this test to about 95%. So it's, in my opinion, if you don't want to do the other test, you don't have to. He said, but if you do the other test and you find out that you have COVID-19, well, then we can have a better plan of action uh, for it. And then I said, all right, we'll do the other test. So he comes down to do the other test. And oh, my God, I think they were trying to touch my brain <laughs> through my nose. My my eyes were watering. My, they were watering like crazy. And then we leave and I get good news on the way. He says, oh, they want your social security number and driver's license at the lab because they're going to bill the U.S. government for your test. I was like, yes, free medical What's treatment. That? This is awesome. So so I wait until t- I'm going to finally find out the actual results tomorrow. But based on what he told me, I could expect if this was COVID-19. It's not. It's some kind of a flu bug. And since it's so late in the season, I probably got a super minor uh, flu bug and I'll be okay. I've just been literally the only symptom I've had is fever. I've been hungry. I've 
I want to drink things, you know, I'm, just, I'm good. I just have a fever. But when you have 103 fever, you don't want to move. You just want to lay there. It's horrible. So speaking of 103 degree fever, we have a guy on right now who looks and he's making faces at me today with his with his sunglasses and his his yellow shirt. Ah, uh, yes, we have. Why don't you tell introduce our friend Toria? Oh, I can't remember your name. You haven't been on the show enough times. It's Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Your this, favorite blockhead has returned. This happens to be a time I decided it was appropriate to wear the YFB sunglasses because simply to put Yogi's Podcast Network and the YFB Network continues to get brighter every single day. We're going to keep this truck going. So I'll tell you, man, it looks to me like you've joined the Dana White Club because I think that he has had the COVID-19 uh, test three times. So you can just tell him, hey, if you're checking for cavities, I got a dentist. Thank you. <laughs> wow three times holy moly that's a lot of tests yep you're not sticking anything up my nose well you have to remember this guy is also trying to kick off the greatest sport that's known the world's ever known known as mma mixed martial arts so if he's going to be the first one out of the shoots to start his sport up again and be able to have two ufc 249 plus a fight night plus ufc 250 that's coming up around the corner you know, he, he got tested three times. I'm sure he's having the fighters get tested as well. So either way, just felt like the sunglasses were appropriate. And it's nice to know that YFB is on the other side because somehow I didn't catch the receiving end of, end of the band hammer. It's kind of nice to know that I've made the grade and I passed with flying colors. We've only banned one person and I knew you would think it was going to be you. Well, <laughs> uh, but by the way we worded it, but of course I told you beforehand. So let's be real. Well, certainly whoever it was, was driven into the ground like a railroad spike. So pardon me if there was a little bit of alertness on my end. You don't really even know the worst of it. At the very, very end of that conversation, I, he was super rude. So when people are super rude to me, I just turn off all the filters and I say what I think. And oh, I, I, I let him know what I think he's good at. And it's not being a comedian and it's not coming on podcasts. But I let him know what I think he's good at. And I told him he should do more of that because that's about all he's good at. Well, uh, and yeah, so again, I don't mean to wish anybody harm. It just seems like to me, if you're going to have the common sense that God gave geese, then you would at least keep on trying to, you know, keep the listenership that you got. Because if you're going to be a billionaire, I mean, I think it depends on the camaraderie that you might have down the road. I mean, I might be able to help you attain thousand air, but that's about all that I can promise with my services. <laughs> Exactly. You're going to be a billionaire. I loved that part too. But uh, I pointed out to him that even, you know, even Warren Buffett, you know, Bill Gates, uh, Elon Musk, they were all affected by this uh, lockdown. And, you know, I wasn't planning to mention this, but we were all made fun of those of us, me, who said that the death rate was not what they said the death rate was. And do you know that our wonderful Center for Disease Control on their website, at this very moment, has admitted that the actual death rate is, you ready for this? 0.26%. And you know how they screwed up the numbers? <laughs> remember how they kept telling us that we needed to wear masks because of asymptomatic carriers? Well, somehow they've come up with a number of what those asymptomatic carriers are, and they just neglected to include those in the number of people who were infected. So, you know, it's kind of like, we'll use simple numbers for the for the people out there. If there was 50 people that had it, 
and um, two people died, that would be 4%. But if there were another 50 people who had it but were asymptomatic, that would mean there were 100 people who had it, two people died, that would be 2%. See how it changes the number, the more people that have it, the, the number of deaths is easy. And you know, I, I don't even believe the number of deaths. I think I've heard people say, oh my, there was a really good one. My, my dad ha had been diagnosed with terminal cancer. He was given three weeks to live at the end of the three weeks. He couldn't breathe. He went to the hospital and he died. He had no other symptoms of COVID-19 and on his death certificate, they put COVID-19. That's what they were doing was they were labeling everything COVID-19, COVID-19, COVID-19. And I, I don't know what the end game was there, but but the thing that drives me crazy is, you know, I don't generally label people, but, you know, you generally have liberal people and you have conservative people. And so when I went out and protested because people's livelihoods were being taken away from them, I was called an idiot. You're going to spread COVID-19, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But suddenly, and I mean, yes, I understand that the causes are different, but to me, both causes are equally as important. If people can't feed their family, they're going to die. If, if there's this constant racism going on, that also kills people. So, but it was okay when those people went out and protested. And I, I support both. I think they both should have gone out and protested. And especially with a 0.26% death rate, bring it. Like, that's what I kind of say. And I'm saying this as a guy waiting for results on a test. So uh, I'm not even worried. But but today, to talk about that, I've been pretty bored. You know, I've been sick for two and a half days. And so I've kind of been quarantined into my bed. And I've been on Twitter a lot. And, <laughs> you know, that's the place where people have political discussions, translated arguments. And I've been actively promoting don't vote for a democrat don't vote for a republican it it's i looked it up i'm not sure how these numbers work since isn't trump number 45 president uh -huh. i mean so how does this work there were 19 republican presidents and 14 democrat presidents so that means that somewhere in there there were some other weird ass parties that never existed after a certain period of time but that but basically it's been 50-50 so if we have so many big problems, and I don't disagree that we have big problems, why are we continually voting the same people into office and expecting things to change? Right. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I can intervene on this one at all, because here's the thing. Obviously, if I try to play intellectual chess with Yogi's Podcast Network, I'm going to come up a few short here. But I can say this, is that if you look at it through the last, uh, I mean, I can go back so far on this one, but... When it comes to the way I personally vote, I think Denzel Washington came out with that movie called The Great Debaters, and he said, and I quote, my politics are my business. And however, I can honestly tell you on our end, after looking at both candidates and, you know, mulling them around in our head and debating over it and, you know, using your own moral judgment, at the end of the day, when I stepped in that ballot, more often than not, if I'm not mistaken, I'll just go and say it on here, Mike. I usually went for the guy that had the percentage that was as low as you can go. I think there have been times that I have, when I look at my ballot, my ballot, I've never voted straight party. I'll go and put that out there now. I think I do a disservice to that as a social studies teacher for kids that are, you know, watching me live in the fishbowl that I live in. But again, it might seem like it's not intellectual, but I weigh each ballot. I try to hear every argument. And at the end of the day, 
when I put pen to paper, when it comes to presidential elections, I don't think I've gone with the primary candidate for as long as I've been able to vote. Now, when I go down the line, there's some, yeah, I'll vote Republican. There's some that I will vote Democrat. There's some that I've even voted green. I mean, I'd love to see a green comptroller. It'd be an interesting day to say the least there. But come down to it, when I look at the percentage and I go, they don't have any chance, 3%, 1%, I kind of go with the underdog. And I think that's just kind of one of those, it's going to be what it's going to be at the end of the day. And I'm still going to have a president of the United States at the end of the day that is the uh, you know, command command chief of the military, and he's gonna he's not gonna have that much effect on my life since I'm no longer in the military. I'm just a veteran. But as a teacher, I just want my kids to think for themselves. There's nothing more that I've got at this point. But I can also tell you, I don't think I've voted for the president, the, either the two that have been running since I've been able to vote since I've been around since I've been legally able to. I really don't. See the way the way I vote is. Who is going to most benefit? Whose policies are going to most benefit me, my family, my friends, and my community? Yes. Because let's be real. That's what real that's what really matters to us is right. what goes on here. It doesn't really matter so much what goes on in Washington. It matters what goes on here. Yes, and I gotta say, like this this time around, like I, I was a little scared of Trump to begin with. And I think we were all right, right to be scared. But Let's look at Joe Biden. He's been in office for 45 years. Eight of those years when he was the vice president of the United States. He yes. had the ear of our very first black president. And right. now he's going to tell us he has the solution to racism. Get out of here. You don't have the solution to racism. You know, if he had the solution yeah. to racism, he wouldn't remember it anyway. Ouch. This is true. <laughs> this is true. And and that's pretty much and that's pretty much what I've been tweeting on his tweets is how do you remember that? Are you sure? <laughs> uh, I love tro- I love trolling those too. And then like and then like today, today, you know, the Trumpster is out there, you know, and he's he's going, you know, protesting our flag and kneeling at football games is wrong. Really? That's what you're gonna tweet today. <sighs> Okay. So I said that to him and I said, I think someone needs to take your phone away so you can't tweet anymore. Like you're just a moron for continually fanning the flames. But here's what doesn't make sense. He still has a 40% approval rating. Like where he has a better approval rating in the latest poll than Obama did at the very same time in his first um, term, which scares me because it might mean four more years of that. But at the same time, the reason I got called an enemy to democracy was because I said, okay, guys, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting Expect a different, different result. result. Well, y'all keep electing y'all keep electing a Democrat and a Republican to the presidency. Well, what other choices are there? There's only two parties. Really? Have you looked at your ballot? Like, do you take a careful look? Because there's more than just two. But you're brainwashed into believing you have to vote for those two. And then they try to pull out the same old bullshit. Um you vote for a third party, you're electing Trump. And then the other side says, if you vote for a third party, you're electing Biden. Well, it can't be both ways. Plus, I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't vote for Trump or Biden if you put a gun to my head and said I had to. I'd let you shoot the bullet in my head because I'm not voting for either one of them. I won't vote for either one of them. It's not going to happen. And so me voting third party, fourth party, fifth party, sixth party, whatever, another party, it's not a vote for anybody but that party. And especially in California, Republicans don't have a chance in California. Never have had a chance in California. Right. I think I think Reagan I think Reagan was the last Republican president 
to become president and win California. But he won California because he was the yeah, governor. Yeah, that sounds right. Mm-hmm. It's just, and that's a long time ago. And so I just told the lady that, and then she came back with, well, why did you retweet these Trump supporters? And so she put screenshots of what I retweeted. Well, the one guy said, I don't care. I don't care which side of the argument you're on. Beating up this woman in New York City to break into her store while she was defending it is wrong. And they are just thugs. Well, I agree with that. You don't don't go and beat up some woman for protecting her store. That's wrong. I retweeted it. Then another person said, um, we need we need unity. We need unity. I retweeted that. Well, it turns out that the person who said we need unity is when you look through his tweets, he's a big Trump supporter. Uh, okay. I don't go check that. I retweet what I agree with. Message. And I agreed with that. And that's what I told him. I basically gave her the speech you gave. How I vote is none of your business. And who I retweet is none of your business. I said, if you want to know what I think, start looking through my tweets and you'll see what I think. One of the first things I posted when the when the George Floyd ha- thing happened was if you if you'd ever thought about voting libertarian now's the sure. time like that's what i put so so now tell me again how i'm a big trump supporter idiots I just tell you i, I can't take i can validate that i mean but, I, i've never seen anything that that again don't mean to intervene here mike but i've never seen anything that points you in that direction it's it. always been all around the either a libertarian or a person who is very neutral in between and it, it just it just seems to be irritating you that there have always been attacks from both sides. You don't get it from one or the other. You get them from both. And unfortunately, that exactly. and, and so, again, hypothetically, I, I can I can kind of mention the same thing is that when it comes to to voting. Yeah, I you should we should all definitely go out and vote. But at the same time, we have to there's the percentage of people who don't because of apathy or be, and but it, it it all it comes down to an effect. But once again, I have to put my money where my mouth is and make sure that I, you know, as a social studies teacher, show that because I had a parent ask me that when I first started. She said, "Are you Republican or are you Democrat?" And I looked at her and said, "What if I told you I was neither?" And she said, "I couldn't be more happy that you are my kid's teacher." <laughs> so, well, I said, "Ma'am, I just want your kid to think and act for herself." Because that's something that is accepted. I mean, if I remember right, the most world-renowned acceptance of rights are the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. If you can look at those 30 and we can just try to live by that, then would we have near the issues that we're having today? Would we have the uproar that we're sitting in? My answer is no, but we live in a broken world. I completely agree with you. But why do you think that parent was happy that you would say you might be neither? I think she was mostly happy in the fact that, one, I think she was just wanting for me to not try to spread some type of vitriol from the Republican side, but also the same type of hatred from another side. I don't really know anything more about her except that she's worried about as a social studies teacher, am I willing to let the kids weigh the pros and cons and let them come to to a collective decision. And that's what's going to affect them the most when they finally do the two most important things that they'll ever be a part of their life with me involved in it is them walking across that stage and getting their high school diploma that if you're in school for 12 years, then you should at least walk out with that. And then at the end of the day, if I've really done my job well, you stepped into a voting booth and you have put your money where your mouth is and you're choosing to be part of democracy in the way that you see fit moving forward. The next generation, it's now the torch has been handed to you. It seems to me that the job of a teacher, and I don't care what you teach. You could teach math, English, 
social studies, doesn't matter what you, you could be a Spanish teacher, critical thinking. You need to teach critical thinking. You need to teach the kids. You know, if I'm a social studies teacher, I need to teach them how to look at history and dissect it and figure out what's going on. Absolutely. Um, If I'm an English teacher, same thing. How do I write a, how do I write a sentence? Like, how does it work? And you know, it's critical thinking. And what we parents worry about, and Toria hates when I say this, And she'll probably rail on me for saying it. But what we don't want to see is indoctrination by the teachers. It is not a teacher's job to talk about how they hate Trump Mm -hmm. or how they love Biden or how they hate Biden and how they love Trump. It's not their job. I don't want you teaching my hallway if you do that. We just talked about this in our last episode. I mean, I can't do anything about what happens in other schools, but I don't want you in my hallway if you're doing that. Or if if we do, I'm going to want to know who it is and we're going to have a discussion. It's it's just wrong because that's not teaching the kids to think for themselves. It's It's like I don't – I don't, you know, my, my, um, youngest daughter just voted for the first time in the California primaries back in, uh, oh, good March, her. Congratulations. March 3rd. and, and, you know, she was all confused as to who to vote for and, you know, what to do. And I, I gave her the same speech I gave a second ago. You vote for who you think is, whose policies you think are going to suit you, your family and friends and community the best. Yes. That's who you vote for because because ultimately, if everybody did that, we'd be getting a winner who most closely matches the majority of society, which, you know, we always heard in, in elementary school, oh, you know, it's a democracy, the majority rules, blah, 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 blah. But it's not really true. I mean, uh, presidents get elected with, you know, 40% of the vote um, or less. Take a look at the election and of 2000. That will, you'll find that out quick. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really majority rules. It, it could be 50-50. Um, they're already floating a, a concept that um, there's apparently a flaw in the way the electoral college rules are written. And they it's potential, it's possible potentially for a state to submit two different numbers. Oh wow. Um, and then Congress is Congress is supposed to decide which number to accept, but the Senate gets to chime in. So what happens if there's count A and count B from California and the Senate says, let's go with count B and the Congress says, go with count A. What they basically do is they throw that state out. Well, if you throw that state out, probably neither one of them is going to have the electoral votes that they need. So now what do you do? Exactly. You know, that's, that, that's a nightmare situation that nobody wants to deal with. Um, But I think that, you know, it's why they say people shouldn't talk about politics or religion. I don't agree with the statement, but it's why they say it. It's because those are two topics that get so heated that n- people can't leave their emotions to the side and talk about That's it. That's what they mean by that. I mean, Linus said that once also. There are three things you can never discuss with people, religion, politics, and the great pumpkin. I definitely agree with the latter. <laughs> exactly. And it's because... Even I, I pride myself in being able to speak the facts and set the uh, set the emotions aside. But when it comes to politics, I get angry because like, okay, these people are out marching and they want to change society as well. They should. I completely agree, but they're not organized enough to do it. They're, they're, they need a Martin Luther King. They need a leader to stand up and organize and get things done. It doesn't just happen by going out on the streets and going, hey, racism, racism. It doesn't happen. Um, I've changed a lot in the last 30 years, and I listen way more than I used to. I listen a lot more. And when I hear things, I believe what people say to me unless they give me 
some concrete evidence that I find that they're lying. So like if you told me that in your neighborhood, for whatever reason, the police there always harass you, <laughs> most people would laugh at you. You're a white guy. Why, why are the police harassing you, man? You're a white guy. But if you tell me that and no one's contradicting you that lives in your neighborhood, why would I disbelieve you? Point taken. It feels a lot safer to just believe you, but it feels a lot safer to just believe you. You know why? If I believe you and I fly there and I help you go to the police department and complain, well, the worst that can happen is they can go, that never happened. Right. And here's the proof it never happened. Here's the body cam footage. Oh, well, so we're proven wrong. But if I ignore you and it actually happened, you could wind up dead. So I prefer to believe people when they when they say things like that happen. And sure. I know for fact, like, like we, they're talking about white privilege. And I think my only thing that I have a problem with the term white privilege is the part white. Because a lot of people have privilege and they're not just white people. But privilege does exist. You know, there's things that certain people never have to worry about because of the color of their skin. And that's just wrong. That's just completely wrong. But it's in, it's embarrassing because when you have that privilege, you tend not to worry about the people who don't. And you should worry about those people. There's no reason why they should get denied. You know, two people walk into a bank. One's one color, one's another. They have the exact same finances, the exact same credit score, the exact same history of paying their bills. One gets denied because of their color and the other one gets the loan. Why? Because that bank person is racist. Yeah. And that's and, and I'm the reason I'm saying one color or another is because Hell, I believe if you got a, a black loan agent and he didn't like white people, he'd deny the white person and he'd give it to the black person. Right. I just believe racism just exists in general. And I, I have problems like I've been trying to wrap my head around this whole situation. I think we all and have actually. Like today, today I heard this statistic and I, and I actually saw the whole breakdown of it that last year. 10 unarmed black people were killed by the police. But out of those 10, five either ran at the officers and tackled them, hit them, swung a stick at them, or used their car to drive into them. Now, I'm sorry, but stick and car, those are weapons. You know, those are weapons. But you can say they're unarmed, but those are weapons. And they got, and they got shot and killed. Then out of the remaining five, one... The guy pulled his gun and it accidentally went off. I can see that happening. And apparently they, nobody's arguing that it was wrong. He was let it go. Yeah. Of the four remaining, two of the officers were charged with murder. So that's out of four, half were charged, half weren't. Maybe you could make the argument the other two should have been charged. But you certainly can't make the argument that they're, they're just ignoring it completely. Sure. I don't think they're ignoring it completely. I mean... It's getting scary. Like places are talking about defunding the police and, you know, in Minneapolis, they're actually talking about disbanding their entire police force and doing a different approach. What's the different approach going to be vigilante justice? Exactly. I mean, I don't get, I don't get it. So, but Hey, we've ranted for like a half hour about, about this topic. So let's transition. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, before you do, if it's okay, I, I will say this is that you, you, you asked the question about, What's the next step going to be? Well, as a person who does have faith, I honestly believe this at this point, that things are just not going to get better. Okay, I know that sounds very prophetic, but it's not really that. What I mean by that is if you don't even have a faith walk, the second law of thermodynamics clearly shows you that order eventually is going to become disorder and chaos. If you look at the the, the meat of what that scientific 
law is and it's been taken as a law so all i'm getting at is there if when you hear things like that yeah it's it's scary it kind of goes back to i can believe in myself i can believe in my generation and you made a great point that i hadn't thought about until just now because you're right there is no mouthpiece for a lot of these at this point they don't have dr martin luther king walking with them and the only one that i've been able to think of at this point that could possibly feel this is all hypothetical the only one that makes sense in my mind that could lead the charge on this, there was an Instagram post that I talked about uh, on one of my Facebook lives about a 16-year-old kid that was looked at by one guy and he said, I'm 36, I'm black and I'm angry. This guy's 46, he's black and he's angry. You're 16 and you're angry. He said, yes, sir. But let me tell you something. What we're doing isn't working. So I'm looking at you, 16-year-old, angry, black male come up with a better solution. The only one in my mind that could lead the charge would be that 16 year old that says, I have the better solution because you're right. They are all protesting, but it is not even with the mouthpiece of somebody that's wanting to lead towards uh, civil change. It is over on the unfortunate tragedy of George Floyd. And again, like you said, I don't, uns- I'm not unsympathetic. I do sympathize with what happened. It should not have happened. But the pattern of what's happened here has been a continual pattern of other cases that have happened before. In L.A. 1992, the same thing happened, even though those guys walked completely free. And you've got older gentlemen walking down the street screaming and crying and going, it's not right what y'all are doing. What have I done to you? You destroyed my business. And how does that mean? You're talking about it's the white man. Why'd you take my computer? You know, he's screaming and crying about that. And it breaks my heart to watch that. It's on Netflix, LA 92. You try watching that and see if you don't see the comparison. The same thing in, in with Baltimore with Freddie Gray. There is an uproar and you're all, there's something here that is a scar that is not wound, oh, a scar that has not healed. We get that but you don't have the proper direction you have. So hypothetically, the only one I can think of would be that 16 year old walking with him saying, I have a solution for a better tomorrow. I lived through 1992 here in LA. Oh, wow. And it was horrible. I mean, there were buildings that were less than a mile from where I lived that were on fire. Wow. And, um, you know, people talk about like, you know, Oh, giant corporation like CVS, who cares if they get looted? Well, I get it. They have insurance, yeah. but it also puts a lot of people out of work. And those people are making minimum wage. They need that job. That's their job that they need to pay their, for their food, their rent, everything. It's, it's crazy. How come the Canadian is so quiet about this discussion? I'm sorry, well, uh, Toria. I have in, 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 intruded on your ground. No, you're, you're good. I, where 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 I fit on this discussion resides somewhere in the middle of the two of you. Absolutely. Which is what? I don't know. I told you I didn't want to talk about how I felt about the protests and all that stuff. So I don't want to get into it too much. Sorry. Fair enough. Okay, but would you say uh, you're would you say you're in the dead center, closer to the left side of it, closer to the right side of it? I'm very pro protest, very anti looting. How about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I've been seeing the I've been seeing the Venn diagrams that show like police um, uh, protesting and and against looting and meeting in the middle. Someone says, I'm right here. And it is possible to be pro-police, anti-racism, and anti-looting. It is possible. And I I honestly believe 
from watching what I've seen. I only saw one protest that I truly believe there were some bad apples in that protest. And that was in Riverside, California. Where they were shooting fireworks um, at the police? But, but, yeah. Yeah, where they were shooting fireworks at the police. They had to bring those with them and plan to do that. It didn't just drop out of the sky. But every other protest, it looked like the protesters would go by and they'd leave. And 10 minutes later, this gang would show up and rip apart the building. That's planned to make the protest look bad. I believe this. Anyway, let's talk about one last topic before we get out of here. Um, you know, as Brian has mentioned numerous times during this show, he is a middle school teacher. And so some of the people who were considered essential workers were teachers. And the government recognized the importance of schooling and not just cutting school off and ending it, um, which in some ways was smart. But they also proved that they weren't prepared oh, yeah. uh, for something like this. And hopefully hopefully, there's some committees meeting to get prepared if this happens again, because it will. Um, but what, tell, us, tell us your experience. Like, how was remote schooling and, and all of that? Well, first off, as I get into this, Tori, I hope you know that I wasn't trying to suck you into the debate. It's just one of those, I respect your opinions and your beliefs so much. And I'm like, hey, by all means, the heart's in the middle for a reason. But to get to school, spring break is we're in the middle of spring break and we're watching the TV and we're going, what is our district saying? Well, sure enough, my wife's district, which is down down the block from us and my district, pretty much at the same time said the school is canceled for another for another week. And then there's continuous watching it. We get back home after spring break is over because we went to see my parents uh, in the panhandle of Texas. I'll put that out there. If y'all know what the panhandle Texas is, all I got to just look at Texas and tell me what part looks like a panhandle. But we finally get home and we start watching what the uh, president says and also what the governor of Texas tells us. And th- then we wait on what the superintendent wants us to do. And therefore, what she says goes. You know how this works because there's still uh, the submission to uh, the authority because I'm not in that position. I'm just a I'm, I'm in the classroom. And, yeah, I'm, I'm molding the minds for tomorrow but at the same time i still have my boss that i answer to and same thing with my principal he answers to the superintendent you get the the whole idea well what ended up happening on our end wasn't a total loss because you know as a podcaster i already knew what zoom was and sure enough everybody starts using zoom and i didn't have near as many hiccups in mine and also we adopted google classroom and i'd already had that at the start of the year so thank goodness i had learned how to work google classroom and work work it pretty efficiently so as far as my end the way it worked is the district kind of like your son mentioned he's right about having a set schedule but what the schedule was for middle school and high school was this basically there was a time that they said have math in the morning have read in the morning have your pe time Come one o'clock, you have science. One thirty to two p.m. specifically was social studies time. The next one was your electives. If you had band, if you had choir, you would do it for them. Then you go outside and get a breath of fresh air. Now I don't remember the rest of it, mind you, because my slot was one thirty to two o'clock every single day. I'm available because you know when you have shorter classes in middle school, you don't have to keep them for an hour and a half or even all day. You basically have your assignments up, and when 1.30 would come along, the Zoom in would be available for kids to come in, get tutored when they need it, answer the questions that they've got. You know, So basically, in a lot of ways, I became an IT. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do a whole lot of lecturing. 
because a lot of the lecturing I would do, I would record on this wonderful thing called Screencastify. So if I had to do my lectures and my class notes, I would record it. I'd put up the video. They would have access to it and they would fill in assignments. And I would see throughout the day, thanks to Google Classroom, who submitted, who hadn't submitted, who's having problems. A lot of my friends, those kids are my students this year or, you know, now officially moving on to the next level. But were my students, they'll always be my students. But that they were sending questions on how do you submit this? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, here's another way you could do that. So I became an IT overnight Zoom expert by night, Google Classroom expert by night in so many ways. And yeah, when when you say, what about the other rest of the time of the day? That's when all of us are meeting up and either planning out the day or we're complaining about our day. So, you know, there would be levels because I have sixth grade and seventh grade. So there'd be times sixth grade has to meet, seventh grade has to meet, the whole department has to meet. Sometimes the principal would send in an email and say, let's all meet at four o'clock and let's talk about this. Here's what's been passed down to him. Because once again, the playbook really was being written as we went through this epidemic. And again, you can say what you want if it's an epidemic or not. Either way, there was a compliance that we had to go with. And I'm very thankful. I'm very grateful that I'm in a career that had me on contract, that I'm being paid, and they're asking me to resign. And I resign, so I'm guaranteed for next year to continue to have a job. I don't have to be on the other end of wondering what's going to happen to my family or we're going to be fed. I'm very blessed in that area. And I grieve for those that had to go through it, especially if I had students that lost that their parents lost their jobs. So I very much have to be sympathetic to their needs and give a lot of grace. And I say a lot of grace because come nine weeks, it's funny how all that time, finally the zeros are in the grade book and go, oh, well, hello, so-and-so. There's your work coming in at the last minute. <laughs> it's nice to see that you're starting to care about this. So you you mentioned about how the grades work and you're exactly right. This was one of those times where it wasn't that they were allowing students to not participate. It was because of an epidemic that was outside of their control. You don't make it to where it hurts them for the next grade that they're going into. And that's why I sympathize so much with seniors. They lost out on their senior prom. They missed out on their chance to have a normal graduation and build those memories. They had a very unique one that the world has never seen before in this setting. Well, they they have and, and with, with old epidemics 100 years ago with the uh, influenza one. But, you know, th- this is different times with different technology and you know, a different group, different generation. So my answer to all that is schooling still continued. We did our best with what we had and we, we went along with what the school wanted. And we also learned this thing called Marco Polo. We learned if we don't want to have a full conference, we just talk on Marco Polo and send the messages to each other. So we communicated a lot. I had a great team lead who actually got teacher of the year this year. Uh, she didn't get district teacher of the year, but she got it for our campus. So Cheer on the social studies team. I know that's a lot at one time coming at you, but my answer is we did the best we could and we made it through. And you're right. They got to have a better plan, especially a better plan than whatever this nonsense the CDC just came out with. That is absurd. If you look at what their guidelines were, proposed guidelines, yeah. it's un. I don't even, that one you'll yeah. get me wound up about. I don't even want to think about that one. <laughs> Well, you know, what frustrated me here was the whole, your grade, if whatever your grade was on March 13th, it will not get any worse right. than that. Most ridiculous thing ever. And I understand what you're saying. You don't want to, you don't want to put them in a weird situation and have them not get to it. But like, I spoke to my son's principal and she said, yeah, you know, we're having problems. Like we have kids that haven't turned in any assignments, mm-hmm. but they've shown up for the, for the classes, yep. but they haven't turned in any assignments. Yep. All right. Well, if you know they showed up for the classes and you know, they didn't turn in their assignments, then there needs to be a discussion. You know what? 
you give zero effort, your grade's going to go down accordingly because parents need to know that their kid's doing nothing. It wasn't an excuse to kick back and do nothing. And I felt like a tyrant because I'd keep asking my son when he's here, how come you're not doing anything? I already did it. What were your assignments? I got one thing to do. And he said he would have preferred a schedule just like at school. First period, second period, third period, fourth period, fifth, sixth, seventh. Yeah, that's it. And he would have met at a certain time and it would have, and it would have been fine because they're so used to going to class and listening to you talk to them Mm -hmm. and teach them. And then you give them homework to reinforce what you taught them. Instead, what they were doing was they were doing these conferences, they called them. And the teachers would just randomly schedule these conferences. Oh, we're going to have one on Wednesday at three o'clock. Well, it's Friday. Why are we waiting until Wednesday? And then they'd, they'd have this conference. It would last 15 minutes. And then they'd have a single assignment to do. And I'm sure there were kids that were super confused by this. So in a way, it felt to me like the district knew they were going to do it, have a disastrous situation on their hands because the teachers weren't going to be able to teach like they were supposed to. So that's why they said they wouldn't lower the grades. And that's great because, you know, you're, tra- you're talking about all the technical issues and all that. I totally expected that. Yeah. But if there's zero effort... You got to address the zero effort because oh, that yeah. is going to follow them. They're going to think next year they're going to get exactly. away with that, and they're not. And then it's going to suddenly be, well, what happened last year? Well, yeah, last year was totally different. But, you know, I wanted to mention one thing because before we close out, um, you mentioned the seniors. You know, my youngest daughter was a senior this year. Yes. And she got angered by a few things. Um, she kind of took it in stride, the whole situation. Well, what's interesting about this year's senior class, they were all born – during the 9-11 crisis, every mm-hmm. last one of them. And then when they go to graduate high school, there's a damn pandemic that closes school <laughs> and shuts down all their activity. So, oh, so then, then, she gets a, then she gets a survey and the parents get the same survey asking, hey, you know, we're sorry we weren't able to do grad night. We're not sure when we're going to be able to do grad night. So would you be willing to do grad night in September? Would you, and then, you know, that was one question. Would you be willing to do grad night over Thanksgiving break? Would you be willing to do grad night over Christmas break? Would you be willing to do grad night over next spring break? And she looked at me and she's like, dad, why on God's green earth would I want to go back to that school to have a grad night when I'm already in college? Why do I want that? And she says, and they're not thinking this was very smart of her. She's going to college locally, but what about the people that are going to Stanford, Harvard, Yale, they're all over the country. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to pay money to fly back here to go to an event they paid for. It's crazy. Oh, and then they were told this, this one I loved. If you decide not to, we can refund you part of your money. Oh, well, why? What if the majority said, Good what if gravy. the majority said, no, I don't want to do this. They should refund everybody's money and just not have grad night. But my, my guess is, they signed some contracts that they can't revoke. Probably. Yeah. So they had to pay money and they can't give it back. Yeah. And if they would just say that, that's the thing. I hate when people hide things. If they would just say, hey, you know, we're really sorry. We'd like to refund some of your money, but we can't refund all of it because we already paid for this, 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 and this. But it kind of gives the appearance that they're going to hang on to that money for next year. Mm-hmm. And nobody likes that idea. But she took it really in stride. But what made her angry was those kind of things. Now, they did cool things here. Like, they they did it what they called a drive through graduation. Yeah, we did that too. Got in line in the parking lot in a in a single car, and then they drove through, and um, it was super nice. Um, I was really touched by that. Um, it wasn't quite as emotional as the whole pomp and circumstance of co- high school graduation, 
but hey, it is what it is. You take it. I felt really great because there were so many teachers who were there that didn't have to be there, but they were there to cheer on these seniors. And then a week later on their YouTube channel, they use YouTube here for their like announcements and stuff. That way parents can go in and, and watch the, yeah, they, yeah, they record okay. them live and then they put it up on YouTube. So they did. Every school was told to have the seniors turn in like a picture that they wanted, how a, a quote, you know, that kind of thing. So she struggled around turning all the stuff in. And then they had like a video premiere at a certain time for each school. And you'd watch this video and it was the, it was basically the official graduation. Um, it was so poorly done that they might as well not have done it at all. Like I told my son, he's in video production. I said, if your video production teacher watches this video, he will cringe. This is a school district that has money. They saved a ton of money by not having to have people go to a graduation ceremony that they have to pay for. Right. And that's what they came up with was a poorly edited, grainy video. No, that it was, it was maddening. I would have been happier had they just not done that video thing and went ahead and just did the drive through graduation. Yeah. It was so much more touching. It, it was nicer, but you know, she's, she's now, you know how seniors are. <laughs> They're no longer, they've graduated in their mind. Yes. Yeah, they very much moved anymore. on. Already. They're thinking about Col college or career senior that's what thinking about right yep. now they're not thinking about they're not thinking about high school and they haven't been for a while <laughs> and it, it right? really it just it just frustrated me that people i don't know how to put it it just frustrated me that people were um kind of complacent about some of that stuff and it affects the kids i mean these are memories they're going to hold for a long time make them positive you know make them all positive don't make any of it negative because we know it's not your fault that the school got shut down and we know you got caught with your pants down. That's okay. There's ways to recover from that. So recover from it. But it sure. sounds like your district exactly. for the most, for the most part had it under control, which is great. It says a lot for the leadership there. Um, but at the same time, teachers don't need to be it people. And I mean, this school district did some wonderful things like kids that didn't have access to the internet. Their parents could go to school, sign a contract, they handed them a Chromebook and yeah, a we did that too. Yeah. They could access the internet. And then, and then they also know how important it is to some families that they get fed free yes. lunch at school. So rather than cut, so rather than cut that off, they had 26 locations where kids could go during the school day and get their lunch. Oh I yeah. We worked awesome. at the little redhead girl works and had worked that every single day. Most of those weeks, maybe not every day, but as often as she could, she was down there. I volunteered a couple of times, but boy, those were just filled to the brim. And also, you know, for me, it's one of those, I'm still choosing because they would always do a screening on you too. Is that, you know, are you choosing to self isolate? And I go, yes, I have asthma. Let's just make this as, as, uh, as sensible as possible. But yeah, we have that same through the drive-by pickup, the Chromebooks. We, you know, that's one thing that keeps me awake at night, wondering if kids are going to eat or not. And you know, the yeah. abuse at home just tripled, you know, or whatever the percentage was because of this thing. It's kept me and the little redhead girl up nights. Yes. Yeah, it's awful. That's one of the things I saw going around during the pandemic was, you know, being self-quarantined isn't so terrible unless you're doing it with an abuser. Exactly. And and sometimes some kids, the only escape they so, have from the abuse at home. Is going to school and it, it, it does. It makes me sad too. It makes me super sad, but Hey man, thanks for coming on. 
don't be such a stranger. Come on a little bit more often. We'd appreciate it. We now have a regular guest spot wide open that you could. There fill. you go. Be okay. uh, I'll definitely try to attain it more often. And I just, I can honestly say at this point, I'm always thankful for it. But at the same time, whenever I start filling out my resume on LinkedIn, I'm going to leave lighting technician off of there. So I'm pretty sure I know who that's directed <laughs> at entirely. But yeah, this, this was good fun. So. What were you about to say, Toria? Uh, oh, and I, I was going to say, and this regular guest is actually funny. Yeah, he's actually funny, and he he won't get banned. <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't imagine Brian doing something that would get him banned. Because let's be real. If at some point I'll screenshot the discussion and send it to you, you'll read it and you'll say, "How did he even get this far in the conversation without Mike jumping through the screen and strangling?" Him? Man, like it was, <laughs> it was. Ter- apparently, apparently, he told us that our content sucks. So I said to him. Well, that's interesting coming from a guy who begs to come on the show and who, by the way, since that last appearance, booked an appearance three times that I declined. Really? So if we if we suck so bad, why were you trying to come back on? It doesn't make any sense to me. Oh, um, wow. And he said he was going to start a podcast and, and he was going to start his own podcast and bury us. And I said... <laughs> Have at it. It's not as easy as you can. I mean, you can. Luck, brother. I mean, lot. don't get me wrong. You can. I've seen that happen. You have podcast feuds that do happen out there. But it's funny. I'll give you this one. As, as Whenever those do happen, the one that has the longevity that's been doing it the longest are the ones who usually at the end of the day are the ones that are still standing. I'll put that out there. Go ahead. Well, and we, we just had um, – you'll hear it soon. It hasn't been released yet. Um, Jordan Harbinger was on our show. Awesome. And I got to say, super nice dude. Super nice dude. Um, I'll tell you something off the air um, that was interesting about the initial conversation. Okay. He was a super nice dude. One of the one of those people that when you got him in the green room and we were chatting, he was just like normal guy, you know, every everyday guy, super friendly, super nice. Um, but what we're trying to do is we heard Adam Carolla say on the Adam and Dr. Drew show that he will personally appear on any podcast. He doesn't because he supports podcasting and he will appear. He doesn't care if you have two listeners, he'll appear. I've been tweeting almost daily at him. Hey, Adam, if you really mean you'll be on any show, I got some shows you can be on. I got some shows you could be I don't on. mean to pester you, but I'm not on a but either way, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, you did say it. You did say it. So how about, how about put that? up or shut up, you know? There you have it. And, and you get ignored, of course. <laughs> you get ignored. I'm going to I'm gonna start. You know what I'm going to do? I, his wife is more easily approachable. I'm going to start approaching her. And maybe I'll get her to come on our show and bring him. Interesting <laughs> avenue. To and he'll, he'll have to come on. <laughs> Because come on, come on. If someone if someone wanted me on a show and I wouldn't go and then they got Toria to pull my arm, I'd go. You know, happy wife, happy life. Agreed. I'm not messing with that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, man, you can find this guy at uh, yourfavoriteblockhead.com and anywhere podcasts are found. Just look up Your Favorite Blockhead. Um, he has appeared on a few other shows. You can look him up. You'll find him. He's always a gracious guest he's always funny he's a really good friend of our show and um i've grown to think of him as a brother over the last like year or so that we've we've connected and been on the same shelves he's he's a great guy and you got to listen to his show because you know this is the guy right here that at the beginning of the show it says help a friend out this is the guy right here and i think we've had that up for like 80 episodes and i'm sorry brian but only one episode 
the Jordan Harbinger episode does not have you in there because instead I decided to promote one of my new podcasts. I can't hey, blame you it's on okay. that one. And I appreciate how gracious you've been with that. I've been getting a lot of numbers on the on the page because of that. I'm not sure how long they stick around, but at least you're directing traffic my way. Hey, we 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 try. We try Same because here. you're a good guy and you deserve it. You deserve it. And you know what? You said something before about being around a long time. One way that podcasts survive is by hosts pushing each other and making sure they hold each other this accountable. True. And yes. I think we do a good job about that. Because you'll you'll say to me sometimes when we have a hiatus, like, are you guys going to publish another episode? You know, and it gives us the drive to go on. Like I've been sick this week, so we only put out one episode this week because I do a lot of behind the scenes work to get yeah, the show sure. out. And I literally, I think this is the longest I've sat in a chair for three days. So you made it past, uh, with that made said, past the symptoms, Soria? buddy. Definitely. We might need to stick another Q-tip up your nose. I'm not entirely sure at this point. <laughs> I could sneak up behind him and shove one up there. I I was going yeah. to say, but you guys kind of got on a tirade. Don't think I'm encouraging you. The only thing that would make me like Brian as a guest on our podcast more is if he would drop like a giant F bomb once in a while. Everybody that's it, that's asks all. for that, you know? <laughs> but that's what makes me different, though. And then I have to change it from a C to an E. That's more That's more work that I have to do on my end. So I'll just keep, I'll just stick with it. On our <laughs> well, we, we, we have actually, I'll be honest, there's been a few that have slipped by me, and I'll be listening to them on, on Overcast. And I'll be like, oh, I got to go in and mark that. And I'm not going to drop the MF or I better go yeah, take Most that. of the time, that's true. I tell the guests the same thing. They're like, man, I'm sorry for my language. Like, why are you so apologetic? Because I've chosen to, you know, as again, I've said this before, and I'm not getting off on a tangent, but as an educator, sometimes I know kids are going to find my podcast because they talk. And, you know, when you live in a, yep. in a, in a, no, I totally. We live in a fishbowl that is education. There is something about keeping your uh, outside um, avenues open that are through social media and through. Because I've had some friends of mine that had their YouTube pages shut down because the district said you have to, and I, I could get up in arms about that. But at the same time, that paycheck allows me to keep a roof over my head. Otherwise, I'd be rocking around with a sign that says "Will Podcast for Food," and I'll just leave it there. Well, the last thing, last thing before we say goodnight, because uh, the word I just used reminded me of something. I'm going to promise you that I'm going to be able to keep this as uh, all ages because I'm going to take the word and turn it into something else. But I like McDonald's iced coffee. And I had a meeting on Tuesday morning and I was heading past a McDonald's. So I mobile ordered uh, an iced coffee because it's 99 cents. Any size right now, they have a coupon. Put it in, pull up to the... And I literally just, you know, iced coffee, large, regular flavor, order. No changes, no customizations. Get to the counter. <laughs> and the girl behind the counter hands me a black iced coffee. And I said, oh, that, that, that's not mine. And she says, yes, it is. Well, I, I didn't order a black iced coffee. Yes, you did. No, I, actually, I, all I did was place the order regularly. She leans out of the window, starts wagging her finger at me and says, look here, MFR, you ordered it this way. Well, the manager <laughs> boogied over to the window, pushed her out of the way, looked up at the order screen and said, do you see where the guy behind him ordered the black iced coffee? And it wasn't him. Wow. <laughs> so that's <laughs> customer service ain't what it used to be. No, it's not. With that, Toria. Move to California, people. The people here are just 
pleasant. Good night, everyone. Hasta la bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Nightly Rant. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. If you didn't enjoy the show, please just ignore that previous request for a rating. This has been a Yogi's Podcast Network production.